right, boys. Well, this is Sandcast Quarantine Podcast Beach Volleyball with uh, Tri Born and Travis Mewerter. And uh, we have our, our guest from afar via Zoom, and we got Christian Hartford, the uh, head trainer at USA Volleyball. What's going on, dude? Hey, yo. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Yes, hey, sir. Thanks for coming on. I'm sure it's it's not too tough to find free time these days. <laughs> no, no. You know, whenever you look at the schedule to try to book something in, usually uh, about 99% is open right now. So that's, that part's good. What's crazy, though, is that like the days somehow just sneak by. Like when you do, when you have nothing scheduled in there, you like look around and you're like, when did it get to 745 at night? <laughs> like I haven't yeah. done anything. <laughs> I actually reached out to a guy that I know works a lot remotely and asked him, I was like, I need some productivity tips for being at home. Because if I, if I don't block a little bit of time off for each task, like you said, before you know it, it's one in the afternoon. You're like, Oh man. Okay. There's, yeah. there's, there's half of the day gone. <laughs> I'm like, how did I not have enough time to do anything today? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get my things done and I had nothing to do the whole day. <laughs> yeah. What the hell's going on? Well, you're living that dad life too, and I know that probably takes up some time. Yeah, man, I'm getting that extra workout. Biceps are getting real nice right here, Christian. You'd be proud. <laughs> yeah, I loved. Uh, did you guys see Kane's video that he put up with uh, his workout with Kella, uh, his baby girl? Oh, yeah, man. she was on the shoulders the <laughs> whole time. Great. Like watching watching like Kane do curls with his like toddler <laughs> daughter was hilarious. Her arms were just like flailing back and forth. That was, that was really funny. I'm glad you posted that. <laughs> yeah. My daughter um, just started liking just like being thrown around somewhat, like me like jumping up and down with her. Yeah. So I was doing that this morning, like lifting her up and down really quickly. And and, oh, okay. she, and my biceps were just burning. So Christian, we got a new trainer in town, Naya Bourne. She's taking your spot. <laughs> Yeah, seriously. <laughs> workouts right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We should do um, that. Yeah, I know uh, you're relatively, I mean, not super new anymore, Christian, but kind of relatively new to the USA scene. If you just want to kind of give our listeners sort of a, a quick background of kind of who you are, where you kind of came from. I know we got East Coast brothers here, so appreciate you making that move too. Uh, if you just kind of want to give our listeners like a little background and how you ended up uh, in Torrance uh, training maybe the best beach volleyball country in the world. Yeah, uh, I've been here for a little over a year. I think it's about a year and two months now. Um, got here in January 2019, and I actually came over from University of Maryland. So that's that's that common right there. Let's go Terps. Um, and I was at Maryland for about three years uh, working with their women's indoor team as well as several other teams uh, in that athletic department, which was a lot of fun. And whenever I was over there, I actually came out to visit Tim Pillow and Jimmy Stitz down with the indoor team. And uh, we had a continuing education budget at Maryland that I used to fly out here and stayed at this uh, random family's house in Anaheim. And uh, just I had a spare bedroom in there and spent about four days uh, just shadowing the indoor teams down there and kind of seeing how they're training um, and seeing the process of all that. And during that, actually, uh, Tim Pillow emailed me two days before I was supposed to fly out and said, hey, put together a 30-minute presentation for us on everything you're doing with Maryland Volleyball. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> all right. That sounds good. So kind of scrambled last second to put together a presentation. And uh, after that visit, I just built up a great re- relationship with those guys and kept in touch with them and uh, got in the call, uh, on the phone a lot with them, just kind of asking them questions about indoor volleyball when I was still in Maryland. 
And then that's actually how I learned about the opening of the beach volleyball job. Uh, Tim reached out to me and let me know that it was going to be posted to keep my eye out for it. And uh, my wife being from Portland, Oregon, uh, wanted to come back to the West Coast and get a little closer to her family because we met in Chicago and she's from Portland and we went to Chicago all the way over to DC. So I kind of dragged her all the way across the country and then <laughs> actually came all the way back. So <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it was good. It was, it was a fun three years at Maryland, but when this opportunity came up, it was a whole new challenge, uh, in, in a much higher specialty being just beach volleyball. And it was, I mean, it, it, it was an easy answer whenever I got that offer. So it's been pretty awesome so far for a little bit over a year. It's been a blast. Yeah, man, we will, we've uh, definitely enjoyed having you. It's been a breath of fresh air because uh, obviously I'm, I'm still working out with Mikkel, my original trainer, but you've been super open to working in what I'm already doing and, and having me still work with you and stuff I need and helping me get what I need. So that's been really cool for me because before you came, it wasn't quite like that. It was, it was you're either all in USA or you're all out. And now I can kind of dabble in both and it's been nice. Yeah, I think that was a big thing. And I know Tyler talked about this and he talks about it a lot of as USA, we're just, I want to be a resource to every single athlete that is on the roster, right? Whether that's doing full programs and full conditioning programs and, you know, being at practice or that's, you know, just maybe doing one shoulder mobility program every, every, you know, two weeks or so. Right. And, you know, with you, I mean, we kind of found that happy medium where you come in and you do Mikhail's workouts in the facility sometimes, but then also, like you said, we're doing some mobility programs. You're also working with Mike on some stuff, our athletic trainer, Mike Martinez. And then, you know, I remember that one air assault workout that I put you through for a little bit of condition. That was just a blast. So (laughs) (laughs) it's it's been a good balance and it's been a lot of fun getting to know, you know, each and every athlete that we do have on the roster, even down to the, you know, the, the people that come during that later afternoon time, uh, you know, like Katie Spieler, Jace Pardon, um, Carly Wopat's in there a lot. So it's just been fun building relationships with all these athletes. Yeah. I think that's been important um, just to be flexible at this time because the, the beach, the national team in general is, is still kind of morphing and forming into what it's ultimately going to be. And that's kind of what Tyler Hildebrand has been trying to do. Um, but it's still in that phase where it's changing. You know, a lot of athletes that have been here doing, a lot of athletes have been doing a certain thing, a certain way for a long time. So having that flexibility during this time, even though it seems like it's going to a more structured system, um, with the national team practices and and just all the more stuff that, that you guys are adding. And, um, I think it's going towards that direction where everyone can kind of maybe sort of be in, in a similar in the same gym or, or working with the same groups, but it's been nice to have that flexibility for sure. And it, it's just so much different than uh, college athletics where I came from. Obviously when you guys both play college sports, so it's, you know, your strength coach tells you what to do. You're with your team at a certain block Monday, Wednesday, Friday, like all of that stuff is decided by the coaching staff or the strength and conditioning staff. And then the athletes are required to be there, right? right. For the most part, obviously NCAA has all the voluntary stuff. But that was actually one of the exciting challenges about this job whenever I took it was like, oh, this is a whole different environment, not just going from college athletics into professional athletics, but just the nature of the beach volleyball community of the nature of autonomy, you know, how everyone kind of had their own thing going on. And we were trying to create this relationship to bring a little more people in to provide a service for everybody. So like I said, it was it was a challenge right from the start. And I know Tyler talks about 
about that all the time. And we talk about that as a staff, but it's been a really fun challenge and I think we're doing a pretty good job. So that was cool. (laughs) I think you guys are doing a great job with it for sure. And uh, things are going in the right direction, but for sure uh, I could see it being a challenge. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. And, And again, I mean, the cool part for me though, too, is watching your workouts and watching, you know, uh, a couple other athletes workouts that have outside trainers, it lets me learn a lot too. Right. So it kind of expands my mind. Cause you know, obviously it's working for you guys, right? Like what you, what you guys are doing is working for you. So that allows me to watch your workouts and learn a couple of things that I may, you know, either one, I can watch your technique and help you out or two, I can be like, Hey, I really like that move. And I kind of want to try that myself. And then maybe I could implement it in a program here or, Hey, have you ever thought about progressing this move into this to just make it a little more difficult? Yep. Um, you know, and then when you're in, in our facility, sometimes there's equipment that you don't have, right. Or that we kind of have to modify a movement. So again, kind of going back to the, the principle of any way I can be a resource for you guys, any way that I can be a tool and help you guys out. That's what we're going for. So, yeah. well, how much, um, cause it must've been a huge challenge. Like, first of all, I don't even know if you ever watched beach volleyball before that, <laughs> how much, um, of the indoor volleyball did you actually get to be a part of or how long did you get to be a part of the indoor scene at Maryland? So I, I watched beach volleyball, but I was never around the sport. Um, as far as, you know, there wasn't, I think the closest we got to beach volleyball in Maryland was those summer practices where it was or spring practices, where it was the, you know, the first nice day. So you let them go to the sand courts and just play pickup. <laughs> oh, did they have sand courts? Yeah, uh, they, they had yeah. it. Oh, <laughs> okay. So, um, and then we would go up there and do some workouts in the off season as well, which was cool. But as far as kind of legitimately around the sport, uh, beach volleyball, it was few and far between other than watching on TV. Um, but as far as being an indoor, that was one of the greatest parts about the job at Maryland is that I was at every practice. I was at every team meeting. I was in film sessions. I traveled to every game and which is kind of rare for college athletics, but it was pretty much from uh, when we would open up open gym in July till we would finish the season end of November, I would say they occupied 90% of my time, you know, and I would usually have two or three other teams along with that. Um, but volleyball was the main priority there. Um, and obviously, you know, you're working with so many other sports. Um, but yeah, so I, I was around and very involved in the sport. And I actually think the nature of college athletics helped me out making the transition to beach because, you know, I also trained gymnastics at Maryland. And, you know, for those that know me personally, I'm not the gymnast build, right? So <laughs> around the sport, right? Maybe a somersault, maybe a back somersault, but that's about it. Uh, I was also with women's lacrosse. I was with wrestling. I was with softball. So when you get into college strength and conditioning, I actually grew up a football player too and played in college. And so being around all these different sports, as the strength coach, you don't have any other choice but to learn everything about that sport, right? So kind of diving in headfirst, whatever sport you're working with and being at practices and asking coaches questions, watching film, going to competitions to see the environment um, and just, you know, the, the, the pure nature of each sport. I think that type of diversity in my coaching background helped me a ton with the transition to beach. Yeah, it seems like you had to be and you were very open-minded coming in. I mean, you already knew volleyball, but now you're training the same thing, but in a place where the ground is falling out from under your feet, right? So, like, for you, your idea is to, like, figure out how players can generate power. That's, like, one one of the 
jobs, right? But now it's like on a completely different surface that acts differently on the body. That must have been kind of a, a nice little interesting challenge at least. 100%. And, and you know, I mean, when you're with an indoor team and when you look at basketball players, right, like you can watch an NBA player or a professional uh, indoor uh, volleyball player and they just kind of bounce off the, off the court, right? You can be very elastic and very springy, but on sand, it robs you of that, right? It's hard to be elastic when, it, like you said, when that surface underneath you moves, right? And, and the other way around too. I can't, I can barely dunk now. I can jump higher than I've ever <laughs> in my life on the sand, but now I can barely dunk. I feel like an idiot. It's an entirely different demand on the body. And that was in the, the, the interesting thing too, is most of the research for jumping and for power output is done on hard surfaces, mm -hmm. right? Cause you, I mean, you can jump on the sand 10 times and that sand, that surface is never the same, right? Cause it's always moving and it's always changing, right? Yeah. So a lot of the research about power development and jumping and kind of just vertical power in general is done on hard surfaces, right? So it's kind of about taking these concepts, like you're saying, of power development and, and, and vertical power and transitioning it into, it. like you said, sand jumping is much more muscular, right? You can't be that springy, right? It's much more muscle driven. So how do you take those principles and then apply it to the athletes that are now jumping on sand in order to kind of get the best of both worlds as far as a strong jump, but also a very powerful and explosive jump. Yeah. What do you think is uh, like the sport that's closest to beach volleyball that you've trained? Because in my mind, it would, you brought up gymnastics, which I thought was really interesting because it's sort of similar that you don't want to be super like big and bulky. Like you have to be super strong, but really limber too. I don't know if like indoor volleyball was really close to beach or gymnastics or like basketball. So the one thing I would say about gymnastics, uh, just cause you brought it up is the concept of, uh, power to weight ratio is yeah. huge, right. And the reason being because the sand takes so much force, the lighter you are and the more powerful you can be at that weight the higher you're going to jump, right? Or the faster you're going to be, right? Obviously, that's a huge aspect of gymnastics, right? You don't meet a, gym, a gymnast that's over like 5'6", right? right. You know, <laughs> on the men's side, they go up to like 5'8 or 5'9". That's a giant in gymnastics. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. You know, and so their, their concept is, okay, we want to be the strongest, most powerful individuals possible, but at the most efficient weight of all time, right? And I, I obviously am not saying the lightest weight because there's obviously a point of view turns there. But I think uh, just because you brought up, I think that that relationship, the power to weight ratio is huge. Um, but I think in general, the, I mean, the basic movement of the game is, I mean, it's, it's volleyball, right? And you're going from six people on the court to two people on the court, and then you're changing the surface, right? So there's huge differences, um, differences in the way you jump, differences in the way that you have to read and the defensive movements involve covering a little more ground because there's only two people on there. So, and I think that's what makes beach volleyball such a unique demand, right? It's just so much different. And, you know, even if you were to take a, a professional soccer player and say, okay, I'm going to same exact sport, no change in the rules, right? But you're going to play it on the sand. They would have a huge difficulty doing right. it, right? So <laughs> um, it's hard to make a comparison like that, but uh, just for the sake of comparison, I think that concept of power to weight ratio uh, is a big thing that I was able to kind of grab from my experience with gymnastics and then just apply that basic principle. But like I said, yeah. it's a basic physical principle. So, Right. I'm sure you've probably learned a lot like just about 
training different athletes in different ways from indoor to the beach. Is there anything, and you've had that you've shifted so many sports that it was probably a little bit easier for you to make that adjustment. Cause you said you were a football player yeah. and that obviously like football training doesn't work the way it would in say lacrosse or like golf or yeah. tennis. Is there, what have you found about beach that's been unique or different that you've been like, okay, well, this is a, a little bit new. Um, I would think so. I think the the biggest new thing, right, is 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 the jumping technique where it's a lot like you can't broad jump on sand, right? You know, and so when we're training in the weight room and we're doing some sort of plyometric, right? So say it's a basic approach box jump that we're training, maybe doing a contrast with a squat or a deadlift or something. Mm-hmm. Whereas naturally, an athlete is going to be able because it's a hard surface in the weight room to jump from point A to point B and move forward a lot more than on the sand. Right. So just that concept of, okay, you have to get your feet under, you have to sink down in much more of a squat and you have to be a much more knee dominant jumper. Right. That's one of the things about, you know, beach volleyball, as far as, you know, the amount of people that have the patellar tendonitis or these chronic knee issues, because it's such a knee dominant quad dominant activity, right. You're not going to be able to take that away. So I think just that complete change in jumping technique was something that was very new. Um, I also think the nature of my job is that I have, a 44 year old athlete on this end and then a 20 <laughs> yeah. end, right? so you know we always talk about individualization right and how you're actually going to do that program and as beach volleyball players you you all need these certain characteristics right but athlete a may get it a lot different than athlete b and then also athlete c may have a much uh bigger strength in their game that needs to be focused on compared to athlete d Right. So you have to take into account all of these individualizations because, um, and like I said, I was listening to the podcast that you guys just released about the, the uh, delay or the postponement of Tokyo right. and try something you said is that these sports that involve that hundredth of a second that makes the difference one or two days of training makes a huge difference. Right. And to compare that to beach volleyball in a sport where there's only two people on a team, right? If that one person can make a slight modification or a slight physical improvement, that can have huge effects in competition, right? And really carry them. So just that concept of individualization across this huge spectrum, working with male and female athletes from age 44 down to 22, right? Was something that, again, we, took, we were talking challenges of the job earlier, but fun challenges. That was something that's definitely unique to this sport and definitely unique to my job specifically. Yeah. Now, uh, speaking of challenges, you've got a whole new one, uh, training athletes via zoom and from home. Yeah. uh, It's been a a heck of a time so far. (laughs) So what have, uh, what have you been doing to kind of keep everyone active and healthy and, uh, keep insanity (laughs) at the same time? The funny thing was we had about, I think six days before the day that we closed down our training facility and the day that they released the news about the Tokyo postponement. So my first reaction was, okay, I need to get everybody on programs that they can do at home. And like Tri said earlier, I was, we were giving out equipment because there's no sense in it being in the facility, just sitting there, right? right. So athletes were taking equipment. I came home and I wrote every single athlete on the roster, a new program that they could do at their house. And then the news of the postponement came and it was like, oh, okay, well, this changes a lot. And then the news of Vienna and Hamburg cancellation came. It was like, oh, they're canceling events in August now. Right. So yeah. uh, it's, it's almost been a complete 180 where right at the start of all of this, I was, uh, my thought process was, okay, we need to keep these athletes on track, right? Because 
with Tokyo being planned, you start at Tokyo and then you plan backwards, right? You don't just go three or four weeks at a time and then hope that you get there, right? You start at your end goal and then how are you going to reach that? And so then all of a sudden that end goal gets taken away and it's like, oh, okay, right? So then the, the planning just changes a lot. Honestly, my biggest advice in what I've been telling a lot of athletes right now is keep your fitness, keep your conditioning, and don't get burned out because, you know, you were, and you were talking about this on that last episode of right now, it doesn't like, what are, what are you training for, right? A lot of people can fall into that mindset of, well, we don't have any tournaments planned. You know, they, hopefully right. they happens in the middle of june and if that does happen and again hopefully it does then that's our first big event right Mm -hmm. but at least for these next you know a week or two i told athletes hey you know you have the program right but make sure that you're taking care of the mental process of all this as well trying to manage the stress you know help yourself out help yourself out on that end and then we can worry about the physical stuff after that so like i said the athletes have the equipment at their house they have programs that they can do at home um but right now i'm kind of on them about hey give yourself a little bit of a mental rest right now maybe at least for a week or two enjoy some time with family enjoy some downtime let the body heal up let the body reset and then we can get back into training as well yeah i i feel like uh it's taken me the full two weeks to mentally like decompress out of like the mode we were in because like you talked about having um you know our end goal is is tokyo right but for a lot of us or for most of us actually it was we can't even think about tokyo because we're in the qualification yeah yeah we were like in the heat of it so like Mm -hmm. mentally for months we're just focused on this one thing and then all of a sudden it's like gone yeah for me it's taken like two weeks Maybe I mean, I'm having a good day today, but who knows what tomorrow will be like. <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely like tough. Like mentally, you have to like snap in and out of, of uh, or you have to s- somehow snap yourself out of that mode because you're going to get so drained if you stay in this high pressure, like kind of anxious mindset uh, yeah. for who knows how long, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I feel like I'm at this point, like finally, like, okay, like, huh, I'm getting interested in you know, reading books and learning new stuff and like stuff that I was totally blocking out of my mind because I just had something to focus on, you know. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever it is you happen to be listening to Sandcast Beach Volleyball with Triborn and Travis Mawerter, we hope you are keeping you uh, slightly entertained during these strange quarantine times during the coronavirus, but we just wanted to uh, put out a message that we hope that you are staying sane, staying fit, staying healthy, and uh, staying safe here over these next couple months. Hopefully that the coronavirus passes soon enough and we're all back to our normal lives. But here is just a get well message from Sandcast. And now we move on to our sponsors who keep the show moving on. And uh, we love Wilson. Wilson makes the best ball in the game. They came out with this new, brand new, really cool looking ball, the Optics, which has spin detection technology so we can all pass that jump serve, which Lord knows I needed. And to get discounted rates on the balls, which we will all need as we're going to enter uh, preseason again here whenever this lockdown ends. So we all need brand new preseason balls to get us ready for the 2020 beach volleyball season. The discount code is Wilson Sand for discount on all equipment at Wilson Volleyball, which makes the best balls in the game. Big, big thanks to our next sponsor, Pacific Coast Wealth Management, who's a big supporter of the Laguna Beach Open and just the beach volleyball community in general. They help athletes know where to put their prize money from 
either retirement to 401ks to IRAs. And if you're not a beach volleyball player, they can help you with college savings. They can help you with all the money management you need. They have incredible tools and resources at their website, PacificCoastWealthManagement.com. So hit them up today and learn how to best use your money over the course of the season. Oh, 100%. I'm starting to teach myself how to play the ukulele. So it was still some time, (laughs) pick up a little hobby. So that's a lot of fun. Um, But uh, another part about that for for me is reaching out to athletes and not always asking them, hey, how, how are your workouts coming? Hey, how's the body feeling? But, you know, hey, how are you doing with all this news, right? Like, how are you handling the postponement? How... What, what, where's your head at right now? Right. And just kind of opening that conversation. And I was talking to a few of my colleagues back from Maryland yesterday. And one of our other big things right now is try to avoid just texting your athletes as much as you can. Like if you can get on a phone call, right. Or yesterday I FaceTimed with a couple people that just, that helps with the communication that helps keep that presence in that relationship that you've built up. And it also just helps them feel like, you know, Hey, we still have support in this time, right? Cause not only are the, you know, is Tokyo postponed and all these events are canceled, but you also can't see anybody. Right? So <laughs> that's the crazy part, you know? And so we have some younger athletes that have an apartment by themselves and they're just kind of hanging out by themselves. We have some others that, you know, are the older and families and kids and all that. So um, navigating that type of communication has really been interesting, but I've tried to FaceTime or Zoom or call on the phone as much as possible and just touch base with everybody and see where they're at mentally first and then move on to the physical plans after that. So there's a lot out of our control right now, but those are a couple of the things that we can control. So I'm trying to capitalize on all that. Yeah. You've also, um, stayed in touch with us visually through Instagram, right? I don't know if you're public, but a lot of people can get some really good free knowledge about working out at home if they followed you. Yeah. So I've tried to be very consistent with that. One as a way of just having a little more of a presence when I can't see anybody in person. But two, I mean, mostly all of those exercises are exercises that are on our athletes' plans, right? So rather than them always having to call me or text me, hey, what's this, what's that? Um, I just send out videos all the time to the athletes. And then I figured, you know, why not just post these on Instagram and write a little bit. And then it's actually good for the company as well, USA Volleyball, of having a little more content that we can get out there to some of our younger uh, athletes, you know, in the club organizations and some of the club coaches uh, that are looking for something to do right now and a little bit of guidance. So, yeah, that's been super helpful. Cause it's like, uh, I get workouts a lot sent to me, obviously through Mikhail right now. And I'm like, I, I can't remember the name of everyone. I'm like, <laughs> sit down frog hop with a, this or that, you know, like anything. Yeah. But, but for a lot of the stretches and mobility stuff I see you doing, I'm like, okay, I'm going to throw that in at the end, but then you're talking us through it and sh- showing us as well so i in my head i know that i'm doing it right not like pretty sure do i want my elbow high <laughs> or low or no yeah. so it, it's been nice to have that to refer back to for sure that's that's what i wanted to avoid i see a lot of videos on social media of somebody doing like a whole workout at hyperspeed and i'm like <laughs> i don't even know what you just did <laughs> i'm trying to be a little more instructional with that and actually kind of lay stuff out um, it's also resulted in my dog becoming, I think, a little Insta-famous, which has been weird. Yeah, sitting, yeah, sitting right in the right behind you every time. He's in there all the time. It's ridiculous. Such great yeah. camera presence. <laughs> yeah, which has been pretty fun. So, yeah, that 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 part of this has been cool. And like I said, 
I mean, the principle of always just trying to be the best resource possible. And I figured, honestly, no offense to you guys, but you guys check Instagram more than you check your emails sometimes. So I figured that was a more streamlined route of communication. (laughs) (laughs) Fortunately. Yeah. (laughs) Well, do you have, um, are there like a couple and obviously, so well, where can people find your videos on Instagram, our listeners who aren't following you? Uh, so my handle on there is C Hartford, uh, 10, one zero. Um, and it's, it's a, it's a public account, so you can look that up and, okay. and find it. Um, and honestly, until this, I haven't been really active on social media. I've actually tried to lay off of it, but then I was like, you know what, one, again, it puts it out there, um, and, and gives people a resource during the, during this time. And then also it kind of gives me something to do and share some knowledge and some influence and, and, and just some resources as well. So, uh, yeah, see Hartford one zero. Perfect. And for those, uh, who haven't followed you, um, or don't have Instagram, the couple are three listeners out there who are not on Instagram. Uh, like what are a couple like silver bullet exercises that you think are really effective that you can do at home with no equipment? So, uh, well, I think you can do so much at home with no equipment. It's, you know, I mean, I would say the basics, you know, whenever you first get into strength and conditioning, you hear about kind of the basic movements, right? Squat, which is any normal body weight squat, goblet squat, a barbell squat, whatever. Uh, a hinge, which is your RDL, single leg RDL, a hip thrust, some of those movements that are more hip dominant. A lunge, right? We see those forward, backward, yeah. uh, lateral, all that. And then uh, upper body push, pull, and then core, right? So you kind of have this basic bucket of categories that if you can check that box, every single day body weight, then you're going to be doing yourself a lot of favors, staying in shape and keeping a little bit of strength, right? So again, a body weight squat, a body weight single leg RDL, just because that's a little more challenging than just a basic RDL, Uh, a push-up variation, a row or a pulling variation uh, or a pull-up variation, lunges, and then core. And I think from an athlete-specific standpoint right now with all the change in the competition, uh, and then as well as anyone at home, general training is perfectly fine, right? You don't have to be, uh, you know, trying to be the best person in the world, with these bodyweight circuits and, you know, try to, you know, do this one hour long, all bodyweight workout, you know, right. if you can stay consistent with anywhere from 25 to say 40 minutes of, you know, good effort, something that makes you sweat, something that, you know, gets the heart rate up but you don't have to kill yourself every single day just because now we're at home with nothing to do, you know? So you just want to be consistent with it. And if you can, if you can check those very basic movement boxes, then you're doing yourself a lot of favors. Yeah. And I mean, obviously we're not going to be, well, hopefully we're not going to be quarantined forever. <laughs> so, but uh, when we get back into the gym, um, you know, for those of, you know, if, if you don't have access to a, to a trainer, like what are a couple of your favorite exercises for beach volleyball players? So for like, you know, just the random like open CBVA guy, like what are some things that he could be doing at, you know, LA fitness that you think are kind of like the, the biggies? Yeah. So I, I think some sort of squat variation is huge. Like we talked about earlier, the jump in beach volleyball, it's very vertically positioned. It's very quad and hip dominant at the same time. Right. But you want to get some form of squatting in there. Yeah. Uh, then pull up variation or pull down variation. If you can't do pull ups, just to strengthen up your back and your lats. And also that strengthens up that overhead position. 
Um, some form of overhead pressing, whether it's single arm dumbbell, single arm kettlebell, even a banded overhead press. Again, if you're going to be an overhead athlete, you have to be strong overhead. So don't shy away from that just because you think you're swinging all the time. So I'm going to leave that alone. Right. Stronger shoulder is the healthier shoulder. Right. Um, and then also I think a lot of single leg work is very beneficial, whether it be the lunges, a single leg RDL, uh, a rear foot elevated split squat, a, a double leg split squat where both feet are on the ground. Um, I, I would highly advise that just because the nature of the movements and when you're trying to cover a lot of court, you find yourself shuffling and sprinting and backpedaling a lot. And those are all predominantly single leg movements, right? Or single leg dominant movements. So capitalize on that unilateral strength, unilateral being single leg uh, in general, um, get some form of squats and then strengthen up overhead so that you can maintain the health in the shoulder. Yeah, I think um, especially when it comes to shoulders, you're talking about um, something that we always have to worry about a lot. And I think the average person probably doesn't realize it's like we need our shoulders to be really strong because we're overhead, but it's more of like the whole thing, the whole girdle has to be stable, right? So a lot of people be like, okay, I'll just do like a lot of delts, you know, like, <laughs> like your shoulder's strong, but when we put it in this position or that position or here, which we're at a lot in this extension, you're going to be weak. And I've, I've learned that uh, in person a lot. Like I've been at one point in my career, I remember where I was like, I'm losing joust. Like I feel in control and my arm just gives out. Like I just can't hold it. And, uh, a lot of that comes down to, first of all, mobility, which Christian talks about. A lot of your power actually isn't just the sheer power that's coming from your muscle. It's coming from the range. If you have more space to move, then you can you have more space to create that power, right? That's what I'm 100%. thinking. I think people don't really uh, realize how important mobility and when you're doing shoulders, like you have to work the whole thing. Your delt has sections to it and there's a lot of uh muscles within the rotator cuff and blah 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 i mean you could tell them about that but i think people don't realize like especially for volleyball it's it's not just doing overhead press to work your shoulders and knees and hips and it all it's all the same it's it's everything it's it's a lot of upper back as well and you mentioned the mobility and mobility is hugely important and also the control of that mobility right mm -hmm. so I mean, try you specifically know we, you know, with Mike or whether it's in the weight room, if you're doing, say, an overhead mobility exercise, we're not just going through a passive stretch, right? We're taking our time. We may do some holds up there, right? Or something that's super simple, a car, right? A controlled articular rotation. It's not like a, a normal shoulder circle where you're just throwing your arm around, yeah. right? it should be about a 10 or a 15 second rep, right? Where we may have you squeezing a ball to generate more tension through your arm and then go through the full range so that you're actually developing control through those ranges of motion, right? And you sweat for some reason. <laughs> you're, literally, you're literally doing this, moving your arm in a circle. And I'm like, it's like a workout that I'm like, oh, I have to do cars, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> it's so slow and you're working every every square inch of that entire range and for the people that want to know a little more about that that's from the functional range conditioning system and that was something that mike and i went and got certified in and kind of brought back into the usav but pretty much all the basic concept is don't just stretch your joints to get more range of motion get more control through that range of motion right and you brought it up earlier but adjust right you can be able to get your arm overhead no problem but if you're really weak up there you're always going to lose that joust 
right? Or even at point of contact, you may be able to get that kind of awkward swing. Maybe the ball drifted a little bit. But if you don't have control of that range up here, again, you're not going to have any power on your shot. Right. So about generating more control and more power through larges, larger ranges of motion, that's one of the more important physical things to have as an athlete. I feel like the, the mobility aspect from, from just from all the trainers that I've talked to is just as important as the strength aspect where, yeah. cause like you can be, cause I saw um, a physical therapist like two days ago about like for my knee and she was like, well, your hips are really immobile. She was like, so even though your strength component's there, you're not mobile enough to like access it and use it to like how much it can be used to benefit you. So she's like, you're just putting way too much stress. And even though you're like pretty strong in your legs, like you're not able to use it all because you're not mobile enough. Well, I mean, it's, it's exactly right, right? You have to be able to unlock that ability for your body to use what it has, right? And if you don't have mobile hips or if you don't have a mobile ankle, then that knee is going to suffer for sure. So it's, it's more than half the battle, honestly, because if you don't have that, then you're not going to be able to capitalize on the strength or the power performance at all. Yeah. And have you, um, I know that one of the coolest parts about, or at least I, um, and try, I just got the same message. So we have no zoom time limit. They gave us a gift. So we don't have the, the 40 minute shot clock. So we can, Take our right. time and chat here. <laughs> We've already gotten like an hour of information into our users. They're going to have to pause and take notes. Now, yeah. I kept looking over at the timer. I was like, all right, we got like five minutes left. I have like 45 questions. That's not a good ratio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but you've worked with big teams before. And at Maryland, you worked with multiple teams. And how nice has it been to like work with such a select groups of athletes at the highest level of, of their respective sport where you get to really get to know them. We're like, you know, you can FaceTime Emily day and be like, all right, well, these are, this is what you need to do or Betsy or try or, or whatever. I feel like even though you do, obviously developed relationships at Maryland, I feel like this is probably a whole new level of it. 100%. Honestly. And, and when I first started uh, my first big college job was at Northwestern I was 24 and I had 115 athletes that I was in charge of. Holy cow. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you can develop relationships, but uh, there, that's a lot of people. <laughs> that's a lot of people <laughs> yeah. a lot of sports that you're working with. So um, to, be, to be in this environment, you know, when maybe we're around 25 to 30 uh, athletes working with right now at the, at the USAV uh, facility, it's, it's been incredible to do that, to, to build all of those relationships. And whenever you're able to do that and have the more select group, you're also just able to dive a lot deeper into the training process and the thought process behind what you're doing. And you're also able to get a little more creative with, with your process as well. Um, you know, like we talked about individualization earlier, that that's been a huge piece of it is really being able to watch and talk to and see every single athlete as an individual perform and see what that person needs from the strength and conditioning side to get better. I also think that a huge benefit has been the ability to go on the sand with these teams. Um, and we, I try to get to four to six practices a week. Um, and hope, you know, if it's a team practice where you have two or three teams together, then I'm, I'll be at those ones. But that's been a huge piece because again, I'm able to go out there and now I can see them in their element, right? 
when I was at the college level, I was almost always at volleyball practices. I would go to a lot of lacrosse practices, but some of my other sports, I couldn't always make that practice. Right. And that's what, that's when they're implementing what you're trying to teach them in the weight room, right. Is during that sport. So for me to be working with a more specialized crew, uh, in a much smaller volume, it's, it's been a blessing because now I can go out to these practices, see them live, see their movements, see how they jump, see how they swing, also talk to their coaches about, okay, what, what are the coaches seeing, right? All the coaches there have a better beach volleyball eye than I do, obviously. So I need to be the one asking them questions. And the other part is I was dealing with this with a, with a team where they were trying to make specific tactical changes to their strategy that had a very huge impact on the physical side of it. Right. So then that's my job to say, okay, well, you guys are starting to try this, right. A a much deeper blocking position. All right. Then in, in my realm, I need you to get stronger out of more range of motion, right. Stronger, more powerful out of a lower position. So that's been the biggest benefit for 